Hey everyone, my name is Brendan Patrick, and you're listening to Superlit. weekly podcast pertaining to the books about the LGBT community. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, I have a new recording set up, and I'm not quite used to it yet, so this is a little strange for me. So hopefully I'm talking uh, loudly enough, because I feel like I'm not. <laughs> and now I have things that I can knock into, which is uh, not conducive to my hand movements. But... <clears throat> This week we are discussing the book called The House of Impossible Beauties by Joseph Kassara. And uh, I <laughs> was not warned how sad this book was going to be. <laughs> uh, so uh, I got this book as a present from my friend Jordan. She gave me the book Bettyville for Christmas last year. And uh, it, that book was, was, oddly enough, also... Uh, slightly related to the AIDS ep- epidemic, and this one definitely has almost, it's odd to say a more personal story from it, but because these are not real characters, but uh, the characters in the book are based on historical figures, so they're not actual people that existed, but they're basically like amalgamations of people who did, and I didn't <laughs> expect this book to have like almost a more, um, I don't want to say like touching rendition of like what happened versus like Bettyville because Bettyville was, uh, an actual story about like a person who existed. Um, and, uh, these people are kind of like, um, renditions of people who existed. So they're closely related to historical figures. And I, uh, the, (laughs) I'll read the back of the book to you as I normally do. It's 1980 in New York City, and nowhere is the city's glamour and energy better reflected than the burgeoning Harlem Ball scene. A 17-year-old angel burned by a traumatic past comes into her own in the drag world and falls in love with a beautiful young dancer named Hector. The two establish the groundbreaking all-Latino house of extravaganza. But when Hector dies of AIDS-related complications, Angel must tend to their house alone. As mother of the house, Angel helps the extravaganzas navigate sex work, addiction, and persistent abuse in a world that resists them. All are ambitious, resilient, and determined to control their own fates, even as they hurtle towards devastating consequences. Taking inspirations from the real house of extravaganza made famous by the documentary Paris is Burning, Joseph Cascara has crafted a gritty and gorgeous debut. Told in a voice that brims with wit, rage, tenderness, and fierce yearning, The House of Impossible Beauties is a tragic story of love, family, and the dy- <laughs> dynamicism of the human spirit. I can't express to you how many times I just messed that up. But I always forget that Paris is Burning uh, has a house 
called uh, The Extravaganzas. Because every time, every time I was reading the book, um, I was like, I feel like this is like a real thing. Like, I, I know it's based on real people, but I felt like I remembered it being a thing. And I would flip the book over and be like, oh, yeah, actual people. Here we are. Duh. But I think that's a thing that a lot of people who are my age and younger, like Paris is Burning is required reading, even though it's watching, if you will. It's required. You need to watch it. It's very much important to a lot of what we see as uh, modern drag and uh, where a lot of our favorite phrases come from. So, like, all of this book, literally... <laughs> so, I I watch RuPaul's Drag Race, duh. And uh, a lot of the language in this book... Like, I don't know if Joseph talks like this all the time, but, like... It really is like dead on for the way that people spoke, and the like the language is just like spot on. It's so it's crazy actually because I've I've watched Paris is Burning, but I've never <laughs> read like the fra- like phrases written in hard copy like this before, and it's just very interesting to hear that kind of like language and speech and then see it written in a book and you're like, Oh my God, this is like, and it's like verbatim almost. It feels like it's just the way that it's written. It's just uh, pretty amazing in that aspect. And the thing about this book is like, you know, reading the back of the book, it's like, okay, like Hector is no spoilers there, uh, dies early on in the book. And you're like, okay, that like I can, I can handle that knowing that this is going to happen. So at least I'm like warned beforehand and, it's just, <laughs> that's, like, one of the, like, many, many sad things that happens in this book. And you you fall in love with Hector, and then he's immediately ripped away. And you're like, wait a minute, I wasn't done yet. That's not fair. And it's, it's very much how it was. There's a part of the book in which someone has passed, and uh, a funeral director is just like, I don't know why I've had to bury so many people this week. And they're all young people. Like, it's just like back to back to back young people. And I, I don't know what's going on. And it's just, that's towards the end of the book. And it's just like reading that, like I I was texting Jordan last night and I was just like, okay, uh, I am openly weeping right now reading this book. And it's just not something that I thought was going to happen while I was reading this book was, open weeping <laughs> and it it wasn't something i expected because i knew i knew this book would probably have like sad parts to it but i didn't realize how sad the book overall would be and i think the thing that makes it so sad is that it's you know this was a real thing that was happening and uh it was wildly overlooked these people were like crazily mistreated and like parts of the book where they're talking about the sex work it's just like they have like many a different way to defend themselves. And it's just, it was interesting to read. Cause I haven't really read anything that f- like focuses on something like that in a real light. And it's not like, it's not part of a TV show. So reading it and you're like in the, you get a, in this book, you get the different characters perspective. So in the book you get angel who is, you know, the the mother of the house. You get Hector. You get Dorian, who introduces Angel and Hector. You get Daniel. You get Venus, 
who I really loved, by the way. Um, you get Venus and you get Juanito. And like, let me tell you, <laughs> this, <laughs> this story is wildly sad, but it's really, really amazing to read because it, it felt so unbelievably real. I think because it's based on like real characters, uh, but or real people, I should say, not real characters, but uh, they were real characters. <laughs> but uh, the thing with like the sex work when they're talking about it, it's they know different ways to defend themselves. They have like game plans set up, and it's uh, it's a huge part of the book, and it's not something that you expect to read in a book like this uh, because these are young kids. And a lot of the books that we've discussed over the time of Superlit, which, P.S., is in its f- first <laughs> full year, so it's a year old now. Uh, so happy birthday to my baby. But a lot of the books that we've read for this podcast, like even Bettyville, which was about real adults in New York during the time of the AIDS crisis, uh, that wasn't something that was discussed at all because that wasn't that person's story. Whereas within this, that's definitely a huge part of that community, and it's very much something that's discussed. And it's uh, there's a, a part in which, uh, when they're talking about the HIV virus, ooh, I just moved my microphone, where they're talking about it, the one character is just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like hate this thing because it's little pieces of... Tyler inside of me that is doing this and that's the thing that's like hurting them the most that this person that they loved so much beforehand uh, is the reason that they're you know dying and it's just it's so sad and it's written so so well and each person kind of has like their own kind of dialogue and they're similar in the fact that they they all speak the same way because you know when you're with your friends you'll speak the same but uh, there are little differences between every person, and that's what makes it so interesting to read. And I read this book is like three hundred and ninety-seven pages, I believe. And I read the <laughs> I read from page one hundred and seventy-five on to uh, three ninety-seven last night, and. It was, it was really hard to read because it was a lot at once, but it was it was uh, really gratifying to read all of it, especially back to back to back because you don't get to take a break. You don't get to like sit down and think like, okay, I'm going like I normally do. I normally take breaks while I'm reading books, but it's just not a book that I felt like. Even if I took a break, like I'd feel like not relieved, but. It's a sad story, and like the you know, it's there's a weight to it, and uh, even though these are like based on historical figures, like I feel like these are like real, real people. Like these, if these specifically aren't the people, like I feel like this is like these people could have been real. Like they could have been their own set of people that things were based on. But I think that's the thing about this book that makes it so interesting and special is that it. It shows how rough that time was, and you know, we have we have modern day rights, and we have different medicines, and you know, things now. And with this book, like you, they talk about those things, and 
these characters are like, maybe one day, like, we, we will be able to have kids. Like, maybe one day we will be able to have access to medicines. And it's just like them thinking it's like a far off dream. But, you know, the 1980s wasn't that far away. The last portion of this book, it takes place in 1991 and 1992. And I was born in 1990. So it's really not a far off time to be thinking like the 1980s, like all of this was happening. And yes, like New York seems like a fun, you know, place full of uh, all of these different like chances. But for these characters, it's just a lot of them were born in the area or, you know, uh, came over to this area and New York wasn't that for them. It was, but it wasn't like, it's almost like New York gave them these opportunities and then like ripped the carpet out from underneath them and just like watched them fall. And these people in this book, they still tried to maintain some sense of like, Oh, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to like one day buy that Chanel suit. And it's just, it's, sad to read because it's just like you you want so much for these characters and it's not like (laughs) I'm not saying New York is saying to them like no you're not going to get any of this but it's almost like New York is saying to them oh you think that's going to happen and it's a like another interesting thing for just like for the architectural standpoint they mentioned the Twin Towers multiple times in there and it's just, for me, they existed and they didn't exist in my lifetime. And there are people who they never existed for. And it's just interesting to read people like mentioning the Twin Towers when they're in the distance in New York because they were such a huge part of the New York City skyline. And it's it's just wild to, like, this book isn't that far off from, like, where we are right now. And... When I was born, the 80s had just finished, so it's not like the 80s that were that far off. Anyway, I think, like I said, Venus was probably like one of my favorite people in this book. Uh, I really liked Angel, but I felt like when it wasn't Angel's story part, like it wasn't about, like she just like wasn't there. She was focusing on like making money to pay for the bills for the house to make sure that these kids had a place to live. And... I felt like the other girls were like contributing by turning tricks, but Angel was the one that like had a day job and like would also do that and was like trying to make sure that these kids had like a place to live and to be safe and taught them how to defend themselves and like if something was happening, what to do. And I just, I felt like, not that they took advantage of her, but I felt like she was like the main part of the story and then it like shifted to Venus, Juanito and Daniel and like it was about them for a very long period of time. But Angel's part of the story was with Hector, so she's the beginning part of the book. And then like the like a lot of the middle is Angel dealing with things and then like it's mostly Venus, Juanito, Daniel and like a little bit of Dorian. Dorian's parts were kind of some of my favorite uh, just because they were rant, they usually started off like a chapter, if you will. So with the chapters, it started off with someone, and then it went back and forth between different like points of view, so different characters. And the book is broken up into four parts, and then there are chapters within each one. Um, the breaking up of the chapters is a little weird, but 
it wasn't bothersome. I just stopped paying attention to like the book breaks, if you will, where it's like part one, part two, part three. And the only like real important things about the breaks were that like the years were different. So if the break happened, usually it was like a jump in time. So between like one and two, um, do, 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 um, one and two. So first chapter, like portion, if you will, the first book break is 1976 to 1981. And then part two is 1986 to 1988. And then there are other like parts as well, but the book breaks, like that was the main part of them. That was big where it's like the year, the years change, the years shift. And the further that they got into the eighties, like the worse it got. And it was just, uh, it was just heartbreaking to read this because it it's it's important to read this because I think a lot of people who are maybe my age and younger, they don't necessarily understand how many people were lost to this specific problem and how many people we still lose today through it. And, you know, LGBTQ homelessness is like a huge portion of this book. And it's, again, the years were not that far off for us to forget that this ever happened. And I think that's the amazing thing about this book is that it brings it up. And this book was published in maybe 2017. Let me see. I believe it was published in 2017. Oh, no, this book was published in 2018. So this is like a brand new book. And, you know, for, let's see, I won't tell you how many years it has been. (laughs) It's been like about 38 years. And that's not a long time at all. Yes, I just did the math on my iPhone. <laughs> but uh, that's really not a long period of time for something like this to have happened. And a, a, still a huge problem with our community is homelessness and uh, drug use. And that is a huge, huge part of this book. And uh, it's, this this could be, like, certain parts of this book could just be mirrored to what's going on with our community now and uh, the... I believe they talk about like meth in this book. I think it was meth, yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> I don't know like <laughs> the names of drugs. I'm so sorry, everyone. But uh, they, I believe they're talking about like crystal meth. Yeah, meth. Yeah, there we go. That's what they're talking about at one part in the book. And I, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like come on. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm not a person that knows much about that. But like the way. <laughs> This person is on crystal meth in this book, like one of the people towards the end. And he's just like crazy. He's literally like, and that could be like, a, you know, an exaggeration of what happens. I have zero idea, but I was reading it and I was embarrassed. I was like, oh God, no. And it's someone that like you didn't expect it from. And their, their story is wildly sad. And uh, it's, I think the only person that doesn't... No, I can't say. I can't say who doesn't have a sad story, because that ruins the whole thing. But, uh, no, the, the, everyone has, like, a really beautifully told story, and, like, the majority of them are very, very sad. But uh, it's something that I, like... It, it made me very... Uh, it made me think a lot about how lucky we are to be in the time that we are. And granted, like, you know, the... The 80s are, like, the the golden era of, like, ball scene. But uh, 
I'm very happy that I was born in the year that I was because, uh, I like who know, who knows what could have happened in that time frame because like at, at ever like the way that they're talking about this book and the way that a lot of talk people talk about it is just that it it just happened to people and it it wasn't great the way that things were back then and it's it's I mean it, we still have work to do but it's much better now and uh, that's the thing that this book made me appreciate a lot of is that I live in a household in which I can really talk about stuff with my parents and none of these these people were able to and it's really sad and uh again <laughs> glad to be a 90s baby but uh i know i've said this book is like <laughs> wildly upsetting but uh i definitely think you should go out and get it because uh it the way that it's written is just like so beautiful and the stories of about the characters are really interesting you know it's it's a glimpse into something that, especially for young people who are watching something like RuPaul's Drag Race, and they don't know the history behind how everything happened and, you know, how people got started, like, the the ball scene and the club scene, like, that is a huge, huge, huge portion of this book. And I think reading something like this, you better understand certain things. And like watching Paris is burning is so, so important, especially to young queer people. Like you should definitely be listening to that and watching it. And you should be reading a book like this because it, it as depressing as it can be, it it's a beautifully written B it tells an, a like very important story. And like for me, it, it made me appreciate the life that I have because I'm lucky to be in a, a different time than these people, even though I would have loved to meet these people because they seem so, so interesting. Um, and they seem like really amazing people. They just, uh, were just real severely mistreated, but, um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this book even though i i feel like one of those youtube people that are like i'm depressed about this thing go out and buy it but uh no it it really was amazing i'm really glad that i was given it because it, it was a really good way to kick off this year in terms of like what book to read and uh jordan thank you for always being such a huge support to the podcast and also uh to everyone who checked in to see how my dad was doing Thank you so much. He's currently snoring next to me, I think. <laughs> I think he's sleeping. He's in the room opposite me. But um, everyone's doing fine. New York is doing good so far. Hopefully uh, this is being put up by the 15th. I'm hoping it will be. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the new year. Uh, my name is Brennan Patrick, and you've been listening to Super Lit. <laughs>